1: team on Blogging Voice Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray and I'm joined as always by Paul Stewart. Hey Paul, how's
2: it going? I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad. Obviously I'm gutted that we're not talking about a pre-game show for against the Dirty Buds, but unfortunately we're the ones that are sitting on the couch having to witness two teams that we to- to- totally despise going against each other. So... With that being said, come on the AFC pretty much. So other than that, I'm pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's I've made it blatantly obvious that um I absolutely love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the um Cincinnati Bengals. So
2: see, I'm with you on that one. I am on the Joe Burrow train for this one. So I, I would love to see Cincinnati get their first Super Bowl. Um as an out any team outside the Cowboys, as of right now, because of Joe Burrow. So,
1: and I'm not, I'm I, not even saying this to be petty, but like the last time the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl, they played the Niners. So, like, let's just rematch it. Screw the Eagles.
2: Was it no? Was it not? Wait. Was it not even the the last
1: time like not last year, but like oh back oh oh
2: like 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 the, the, the yeah, I should I should clarify right. because I guess they
1: were there last year, but I meant like. The last time before
2: that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, because I was just to say, wait, one day in the Super Bowl last year, then, yeah, yeah. Pre Joe Yeah. 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 Pre, pre Burrow. There we go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I never want to go back to that time because Joe Burrow is the, is the one for everyone. He, he is
2: the one and only. Um,
1: but obviously, we love him because I'm an LSU fan. So, in case anyone missed that, uh, that would be why. But, Let's um just do a quick debrief on that game that we had to witness on Sunday night against the 49ers. Give me your thoughts. You had to stay up late and deal with it.
2: You know, I'm really all for one of my one-word um, summaries. Um, inconsistent. That is the general theme of that game and all across this season of games that we should have won that we lost and games that we should have lost that we won and actually blow teams out the water and in this game here everything was handed to us on a the plate their defensive line were not really doing much to get to Dak in the game but even still our offense just could not perform to what we were doing the week before against Tom Brady. So I'm fabricassed, I'm confused, I'm frustrated as any other Cowboys fan right now. And and as we're kind of seeing right now, um we're seeing uh positional coaches getting dropped, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah, so I think for going forward now, I think a clean out is probably needed. And I think we like just kind of thinking overall like we may need to kind of lower expectations next season depending
1: well my expectations for this season going into it were below the ground um so well well, that's
2: the that's the thing like like, this 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 season alone after losing cooper um gregory etc etc
1: yeah and exactly. then that Prescott. <laughs> yeah,
2: like like all the odds were against us, and yet we still had a twelve and five season. And if that's one thing, and, and before we went off, uh, started start recording, you you were going to ask me is like, what's our general thoughts about as our season being successful? I would say yes. Like the fact that we've actually turned things around against all against uh, this came at us, but and we've outperformed that. But the outperformance side of the inconsistency of our offense against teams that we should have absolutely annihilated just completely fall on its backside. So that's the frustrating part of the team. It's like we know we can beat any team in the NFL any given Sunday when we're when we, when we show up, but it, it, I just don't know why there's some day some days we just don't show up. I, I that that's what really annoys me right now.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know when you said inconsistent, I think that really um encompasses just like this whole, the, honestly the whole team. I would say like I wanted to just say the offense, but the defense has been a little inconsistent here and there. Um, granted, we're we're dealing with a lot of stuff this season. Like if you if you go back and listen to any of my thoughts on either girls talking boys or on here i said we're going oh and 17 and i said that we suck and n- everything is terrible
2: yeah uh, i'm trying yeah i'm trying to remember what your actual um, a regular season record prediction was going to be i did say we were going to be i said 0 and, uh,
1: 17 and i was not being serious but i was being kind of serious
2: <laughs> I, w- I wasn't far off to be fair i did say 11 and 6.
1: 11 and six and zero and 17 are a little different, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that. Yeah, that no, I, or, think, or, I, I
1: think you did. Like you had us with a like good winning record. And I like, yeah. if I was being honest with myself, I, I probably was more so where you were at, but I was like, so not willing to give them that benefit of the doubt. Um, And then yeah. after that first game, you know, going into the first game, we left uh, lost Tyron. And I was like, well, we're done. And then after that first game, I was like, oh, we're really done. Like, we're cooked. Like, just call it a, call it a year.
2: Yeah, um, I, I, I find nearly every single Cowboys fan we're thrown in the towel. Then Saving Grace, uh, Cooper Rush, playing a more simplified playbook seemed to keep us going. And we managed to keep the ball rolling and keep keep it going and keep it going. And and I still had my doubts in mind because there was some games where we were still being inconsistent. So if I'm going to be brutally honest, I did not think we were going to make the Super Bowl because of that being inconsistent. And it just kind of proved that against San Francisco there. It's like, it's it's just so weird. It, it, it looks like there's two completely different offenses. It, it's, like we were bi, it's like we're bipolar or we've got split personality disorder of an offense. It's like, there's... That one offense is completely screwed on. They're really attacking the ball. They were going after it. We're attacking the run. And there's games and there's the other side of the offense. We just look very deflated. We look confused. We're not communicating properly. We're not... I'm just like, why is there such a big gap in certain games here? Like, I I just can't... Like and if the if anything that's on our OC and our positional coaches on that as well.
1: Yeah, I think it goes. I'll just say like, okay, so after that first game, I my expectations were underground. Um, but you know the word of this season has been resilience. I think that this team does have a lot of resilience. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Agreed. But yep. to
1: your point, um, I think. And and no one wants to hear this dead horse get beat again, but I'm just going to briefly mention, I think we can all agree that like, he doesn't have enough offensive weapons. And I'm talking specifically about the wide receiver core. We wanted Michael Gallup to um, come back and be what he once was, but he just never made it there this year. And that's not to say that he can't do that going forward, but that's just just a simple facts from this year. Then you have Noah Brown that you're relying on. It's just not going to cut it. And I yeah. think you can look back to that Amari Cooper uh when they like when they simply traded him for peanuts and be like, this is a big problem. He like Dak did not have the support that he needed. They were able to, you know, keep him off his back a little bit more than one would expect with the patchwork line that we managed to put together. But he just really didn't have any help. And then he started to get you know, aggressive to just like make things happen.
2: Yeah, you have to force and- him to- yeah, you have to force yeah. himself. So. And
1: it forced him into a lot of bad positions. And that's when you're just like, what is going on? It's because he doesn't have anybody. Like if you're if you have these guys that just like completely lock down Dalton Schultz and you have to rely on CD, but people are gonna be all up on him too. There's like you have to spread around the love. And he tries. And then you'll you'll get the bounce off of Noah. You'll get uh, off Peyton Hendershot, all that stuff. And it's just like, he doesn't have anyone that's matching his aggression level.
2: See, do you want to know a really interesting statistic? Mike brought this up yesterday on the UK Cowboys on the fan mm-hmm. rant. And he mentioned that obviously CD Lamb was number one and Dalton Schultz was number two in terms of the efficiency, in terms of getting the passes to like Number three, of all, the whole, of all the whole season in terms of uh, catch and pass success rate efficiency is T.Y. Hilton. He's not even been with the team for four weeks.
1: That's freaking sad.
2: That just like, comes to sh- that it really does come to show that there's a big drop in quality in terms of our wide receiver core. Like we would have thought um, Turpin, no Turpin um, Jalen Tolbert, Tolbert. Yeah, we would have thought he would have stepped up but no, he's not even been on the field. So no. I mean
1: yeah I... no I I I totally agree with you and I think I think we're both like right here it's just like the problem is what you're surrounding him with and you're expecting him to act like he has Jamar Chase and T Higgins and um I could go on Joe Mixon whatever but like you're acting you're telling us to act like he has that support he doesn't he has CD and sometimes he has Dalton. Yeah, and Dalton was injured. So,
2: yep, exactly. He was he was injured for for. We
1: didn't well, do anything to help him out. Simply put, like James Washington, who's that guy? I don't know him.
2: Yeah, um, I I don't know what else to really say. Like, I, I, like from this, like I know we're we're son' we're bashing quite a lot, and and in fairness, no, in retrospective, like, could the front office could have done a lot more before the season started and give Dak more variety yes they could have they could have like the loss of amaya cooper was a big big hit on us not just as a fan favorite and stuff like that, but it's just in terms of his route running his catching ability separation everything amaya cooper is an elite wide receiver and he's doing that with pretty much backups in cleveland right now i'm not okay
1: i'm not gonna say anything about Dak's play Against the Niners because simply put, it was bad. But for example, I think that, that um, interception that is like important did...
2: Uh, you. I think your microphones went a little bit weird, Mike. Meg, can you hear me? Uh, it sounds like, and I'm getting feedback.
1: Can you hear me now? There we go. Okay. Well, I got rid of the mega. Um. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm not trying to excuse Dak's play um, on the field. Like, it was bad. Simply put, not good. Just, it was not good. It was not good enough, and it just wasn't good, period. But, like, what I think our point is, and it was, like, glaringly obvious in this play, is when he threw that interception that was supposed to be headed towards Michael Gallup, and Gallup just, like, literally didn't run his route and wasn't there
2: yeah it's like he i don't know if it was like he took two extra steps like it's like a a eight step or a ten step going up field then coming back like there's definitely there was definitely a miscommunication in terms of the play calling wherever that was on dak passing the information to the wide receivers or it was from kellen moore to dak or whatever so
1: you just have to be able to trust your guys and like he doesn't have anyone he can rely on other than like the people that we mentioned already and ty hilton being the third um, is just absurd. Like that's that should like tell you everything you need to know right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That just comes to show that like we knew oh. when we brought T L I in he's gonna bring speeds, he's gonna be like a I wouldn't say safety blanket as such, but you would have some someone somewhat reliable in that wide right receiver core other than Lamb to play. So and yeah. and and don't get me wrong, like Noah Brown was reliable under Cooper Rush. Like he was probably the, he, I was shown CD Lamb in those early parts of those games, but as Dak came back, it was clearly shown that he kept t- targeting his favorite guys all the time. So I kind of feel like if there's one thing going forward, Dak needs to get everyone, every single wide receiver from rookies to starters, to come by on the off and work together
1: to go forward. I can absolutely see him doing that. I think the thing for me is also going to be like, you really are going to have to rectify that situation. That room needs attention and there needs to be new blood in there. Like simply put that, are, like that will like really <sighs> matches aggression at least like, come on. Like, yeah. I, yeah, You're going to have to look in the draft. You're going to have to look in free agency. You're going to have to make something work because how it is right now is not going to work.
2: Yeah. I totally agree with you, Meg. Totally yeah. agree. But. Hmm
1: silver lining oh we do, yes. get, we do get to keep dan quinn Swag yeah! dan. hell yes
2: <laughs> we actually might have a future <laughs> no honestly keeping dan quinn is massive uh, at least we're keeping stability in our defense going forward like because dan quinn's been two years in a row now hot topic going for a head coaching role with multiple teams, Carolina, um, Cardinals, et cetera, et cetera. Houston Texans, Denver
1: Broncos, yep. Yeah, yeah. The, the,
2: the names keep coming. And he's decided, he's stated, said, I've got unfinished business here in Dallas. I want to get us to a Super Bowl. That, to me, speaks absolute volumes. I want that coach To like that, that, like like, I'm when I say I want that coach. He is our coach. He is a defensive corner. The fact that he wants to succeed and win silverware and win that Lombardi Trophy for Dallas as a DC. That honestly, like I am over the freaking moon that Dan Quinn has stayed.
1: I I couldn't have put it better. Really, I if you want to hear so. There was an emergency podcast about this the other day, so be sure to check that out. Also, Kelsey and I talked about it on Girls Talking Boys. So I, I won't repeat myself too much, but I absolutely agree with Paul's sentiments there. Um, I think it was just a forgotten conclusion for all of us at the end of the year. We were like, not only did we just lose to the 49ers and we don't get to go to the NFC Championship, we are losing Dan Quinn. Like, that's just inevitable. It's going to happen. He yeah. is like very coveted for all these roles um, that are open for a head coach. And he said, "No, I have something really good going here, and I want to win a Super Bowl in Dallas. Yeah. That might be the hottest thing I've ever heard." <laughs> so
2: this kind of leads me to my question for you, Meg. Yeah. So Dan Quinn has a great relationship with his players. You see, all like Micah Parsons, Law and in interviews talk high praise about Dan Quinn. Do you ever see any offensive players talk about Kellen Moore like that?
1: Um, I can't say that anything comes to mind.
2: And don't forget, special teams guys talk about John Fassel. So, like, it's right. like so. I don't, I'm not trying to be devil's advocate or cause a stir, but I do think there is an issue when it comes to our OC and our offensive players. Like They're just not having that same type of bond and understanding. And we went into depth on this yesterday, again, on the UK Cowboys uh, during the fan run. It feels like, especially with Kellen and Dak, it does not feel like it's a coach and player relationship. It feels like two friends' relationship. Like, for example, if Dak does a mistake, Kellen will probably just say, like, it's not coaching him to say, don't do that again, type of thing. That's the impression I'm getting as a fan. I don't know how other people see that, but it just kind of feels like it's not like you're, if we you were to bring a different offensive coordinator, a more hard-nosed guy, he would be drilling Dak Prescott to the ground that's saying, stop doing what you're doing, do it this way, you'll make less mistakes type of thing. It seems like we're just not learning from our mistakes, under Kellen well, Morton. Avenue.
1: and we don't. Okay, so we are recording this on Friday afternoon. So, I know that Kellen and Mike are meeting today. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I do not know at this time, if he'll be here tomorrow. So, <laughs> it'd be very,
2: uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting because already we've lost uh, offensive line coach Joe Philbin, who was one of Mike McCarthy's guys. Which and I was one of quite,
1: our, our nemesis on this podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, in fairness, he has re- to me, I right. thought he redeemed himself this season, Joe Philbin. I think we're under the, the stress of losing Tyron Smith, the switching up with a, a tireless Smith going to left tackle, then switching him back to left guard. I think he's actually, under the circumstances, he, he did a great job this year. Like and obviously with the emergence of Terrence Steele, but a lot I find a lot of that work is kind of due to Terrence Steele doing the work he did in the off season with Duke Manyweather and stuff like that. So I think overall, I think I'm actually kind of like gut. I'm not. I wouldn't say gutted, but I know there would be better options out there as of uh, offensive line coaches out there. But I think overall, in perspective, Philbin did a good job this year, and with we well, it... Is filming the guy to take kids to the next level with the O-line? Probably not. So, I think if the next guy does come in, I think you might expect to see a big massive difference in terms of technique and aggression when it comes to the O-line, and maybe kind of make it more run-based, blocking,
3: like more run focus for the Russian, perhaps. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, 29.com
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that would actually, I think that's a great point. I think that'd be a good thing to look at when you're looking for your, your next guy. Um, I do agree with you. I was kind of surprised by that one um, mostly because like he really did make the O-line work where I was a little unsure about his process there. Um, it was
2: it, it was unexpected like this right. year, this year. Like especially when it came to 2021 where like we were scrutinizing Joe Philbin a lot. Like and yep. and and Do I'm you just like,
1: right now I just nodded my head a lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, guys, if like if you were to see the video version of this video, Meg is just constantly like, bobbing her head like yes, up and down like Jack Nicholson. <laughs>
1: but no yeah I that's that's what was surprising but I think honestly it seems to me at least they have not said this but it just feels like we have another year where you're successful during the season Mm -hmm. Um, you made it to the playoffs and then you ultimately flamed out and failed in an embarrassing fashion and they're not doing anything about Mike McCarthy and I don't think they should and they're keeping Dan Quinn and I think that's the like the best news, and so yeah. don't get me wrong here, but like they're trying to fix something. They're trying to like, like wash away the last two seasons and like start fresh in in any way that they can. And I think that's refreshing to see.
2: I think it's a boom. I think it's a good move from Mike McCarthy because I think yeah. he's realized now that the guys he brought in back in twenty twenty, um, well, the majority of those guys like likes of Philbin and stuff like that. it's not up to what his expectations and like you said as is today today is friday afternoon he is going to meet up with kellen so we don't know what's going to happen um whether kellen's still going to be the oc or not that remains to be seen um i think mccarthy realizes what's good is working which is dan quinn which is uh, Adam Durdy as well, the defensive line coach. They're doing an absolutely fantastic job for Dallas. They're being kept, and yeah, and I think where it comes to some certain other positions and positional coaches, um, Mike McCarthy is 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 being a head coach. He thinks, okay, this is our weakest points. I want to kind of revamp this and bring someone else in who might potentially make this better so yeah, i've got I've, I've got full respect for mccarthy for doing that and that's what a head coach should do
1: i completely agree with you i um i i thought it was i thought it was telling and i think that you know the uh what is it the definition of uh insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results the um
2: that's true the locker
1: yeah. room and the, the head coach have decided that our bar is no longer underground. We expect a heck of a lot more out of everybody. Um, and I think that it shows because he was like, look, we were doing fine here, but I want to do great here. I don't want to be fine. So I like and, that.
2: And, and, that's a, and that's a good mentality from my head coach. It's like, fine is not acceptable. Great is acceptable. Yep, yeah, and
1: I- I've obviously... I'm not going to pretend like I have never criticized Mike McCarthy. I didn't want him here, honestly. (laughs) Um, But I think I was talking to Kelsey yesterday on Girls Talking Boys, and I was like, my biggest takeaway from this season was that Mike McCarthy is a good head coach, and I don't need Sean Payton.
2: Yeah. I, I honestly, like, personally for me, I don't see what else Sean Payton can do to do what Mike McCarthy is doing right now, personally. Yeah. Like, Obviously, Sean will have his guys that he might want to bring in, type of thing. But in terms of when you really look at it, like in terms of accolades, winning records, and stuff like that, like they're almost like parallel. I know each other. So I'm just kind of like,
1: I see that was my thought. And I was like, I know he's extremely rude to people that are in the building. Um, and I like. Why would we mess up with? Why would we mess with this chemistry that this team clearly has with each other by bringing in someone who's like? I'm sure he's nice to his players, but he's rude to everybody else, and I, it was just like mess up the entire vibe.
2: See, see again. This is a bad way. See and see see even again even defensive players and even some of the offensive players do praise our head coach. Yeah. And not Kellen. See the thing is, is like
1: and. I obviously we, we both know a lot of people in that building and they're just like Mike McCarthy is nice he is respectful he yep. treats everybody like a human being and I was like oh that's great <laughs> so everyone in the building loves Mike McCarthy I think I'm fine I don't need Sean you can go somewhere else
2: yeah he can keep going on Fox TV or whatever whatever <laughs> show he's doing analyst whatever not I think his coaching, like I wouldn't say his coaching days are over, but he will, like, like he will go back into coaching. But I just don't want him at Dallas, to be perfectly honest.
1: I just don't like. I know that's what Jerry like would die to do. Well, maybe not die. He would like to live forever. Um, but he he definitely wants wanted Sean. I think that though that he sees the value in keeping Mike here, and um, you know, and. The pressure will be on to make it to at least the championship next year. Like we're we can't settle for divisional round
2: no um, uh,
1: knockouts anymore. Like it's just not not it. I know. No one knows that better than him right now. So
2: and and I think for like so Jerry and Steven to reflect and look at how the 49ers are right now, they are playing against team like uh, what well, their defenses are playing against opposing offenses where they're playing against first string backups etc they're not the best best quarterbacks in the world but they have the weapons around about them they have that team chemistry they're all connected they know what they're doing whereas us we do know what we're doing at times but (laughs) we completely switch off when it really does matter
1: yeah i just overall i think you can put those hard-nosed guys like closer to the ball and the players um and stuff like that but i think having a respected guy that like runs your team is as the head coach, not Jerry. um, (laughs) It's like really important. I think I'm glad that um, Jerry has essentially said that he is not going anywhere because he said he wants him to coach here as long as Tom Landry did. And that was 29 years. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but (laughs) um, it sounds like he'll be here for the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: All right, and so we kind of touched on this. You said that you believe that this season was a success.
2: Yes, in hindsight, yes. Um, when you look at the overall picture, yeah. we did we did one we did one better than last year.
1: <laughs> to the same team. Um, no, I agree with you though. I do believe that the season was a success overall. Um, but here's the thing: if you copy and paste this season onto next season, it's a failure. Like, yeah. so, like I said, the, the divisional round is no longer good enough. So, yeah. Um,
2: for now, I, sure. But I, to- no, I, to- sure. I, I, I totally agree. It's like we essentially did copy and paste from 2021 to this season
1: mm-hmm.
2: with, with lesser quality, but yet we still managed to reach one step further. Yeah. So, when you put it in that context, it has been a successful season. But when you look beyond that, there's a lot of bads, but a lot and, and quite a fair bit of goods in that season. Like, Minnesota game was really good. That yeah. fourth that fourth quarter <laughs> against the Colts was breathtaking. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I still can't believe that actually happened. Then the week after, the bads struggling against the worst team in the NFL, which was the Texans, struggling against Jacksonville. In fairness, they did actually turn their season around. Like, but at that point, Jacksonville were just very up and down. You just didn't know what to expect. But you would expect Dallas to beat a team like that, and we and we didn't. So, and God, even like so Green Bay, Green Bay were there for the taking, losing five games in a row, losing to the Giants in London the week prior before that, make it, and Aaron Rodgers making really bad mistakes, and yet we do not take advantage of that, and we just let them run all over us. So, again, it goes back to that one word inconsistent.
1: Yes. And obviously, we touched on how I think that they need to improve the wide receiver room. We have an NFL draft coming up. What are your biggest needs that you see?
2: Well, I think we definitely need to kind of consider another defensive tackle because I don't see my guy, Neville Gallimore, getting re-signed. I think we might need to look into the later rounds for an uh, interior D-lineman. But in terms of our first round, I think, personally, I think it's going to be a best player available. If there's going to be a linebacker there or a wide receiver there that Jerry might like, I think that's what the pick's going to be. But it would not surprise me if it was a a wide receiver. I, I know the talk right now, is Bijan Robinson from texas that's what the media's talking right now i do not see the point in that when you've got Zeke elliott who's still got years in his contract if we were to cut zeke we would actually be damaged significantly in the salary cap and also with tony pollard we may actually get a bargaining chip i know this sounds bad to say but with Paula's injury, that might be a bargaining chip for us to get him re-signed a cheaper like in a cheaper deal and might put other teams off from trying to get him in free agency. So mm. that's where my mind is on that. So I do not see the point. You're doing
1: the whole Michael Gallup deal, huh?
2: <laughs> well, the thing is with it, well, see, the thing is with the Michael Gallup deal is right, I know Michael Gallup is a good player, right? I just knew this season was going to be a downhill for him from coming back for a serious injury. I think the expectations were just too high on him because he was getting, he is getting paid like a number two wide receiver. And, but I would expect that next season to be the redemption year from Gallup. So, but yeah, who knows? Like we might get that other wide for, for like that, that trio of wide receivers with lamb and Gallup and whoever.
1: And in the same here, Odell Beckham jr um or so oh, no
2: do, do not do do not go there I don't want to go <laughs> I, just, I don't I don't want to go yeah. down that back again please make
1: well he wasn't I, ready to play so that's why that didn't work okay um however I don't I don't know if that's the answer here it's likely not um yeah I just John Machota made a good point the other day that I really liked um if like you're at 26 you have a very good history of evaluating and selecting these players and then working out why not another O lineman?
2: See, I was just about to say that, and that's the first group I've been scouting right now. So there's a offensive interior offensive lineman from Florida. Um I, oh God, I cannot even pronounce his name. I don't have my notes on me right now, but I've been I have been studying right now on the interiors right now from who potentially could be first rounders, second rounders, and third rounders right now. So I am doing my due diligence because I think Tyler Smith will be our left tackle in the future. I think if we do bring back McGovern, cool. I'll be happy with that. As a as a banded, if he's there on a more consistent basis in playing, um then we might not need to draft an interior alignment so early on, we might need to draft one later on. Because I think the, the problem is we've got right now is the depth still. We still yeah. like. I mean, like if Tyler Smith goes out and Ty- Tyron Smith goes out, all you've got is Josh Ball, pretty much.
1: <laughs> that is like everybody's worst case scenario, and it makes me laugh every time it gets brought up. Like, so
2: and and I don't and I don't see Josh Ball being in the potential future being in the roster. So I think we will need to look at left tackle as well, right tackle just for, for depth-wise. We've got Willett still coming back who was red shirted as well. We've brought back a couple of players for future contracts. We've got um oh, who was that? Lindstrom, the center from Boston College. Uh he was pretty good uh in his college days. Um made some made some okay plays during practice like during um training camp and stuff like that so I'm glad he's gonna be coming back for year two um under like under that futures contract so I'm I'm I like we've made a couple of moves already I think it kind of might give us a wee indication what we're maybe potentially looking to see it, that I think even linebacker and defense as well we need more depth as well because we've got Parsons who's got a big year his contract year is going to be coming up soon. We've got LVE. Are we going to bring him back? That's the big question, I think. I did
1: Because
2: so. to me, I think he should be priority number one because you saw the difference when LVE was not on the field this year under Dan Quinn, and it's, it's pretty evident. Like, LVE had a great year, and I don't care what anyone says. It's like, yeah, but he's injury-prone and stuff like that. It's like... Maybe so, but he's a but this year he may be not making the big plays, the big hits, the sacks, and that. But he it's is
1: pretty he, big plays. But,
2: but, but, but he, but he is eating, he is eating up those uh, running backs. He is stopping them in their in their feet. He is making uh offenses rethink their strategy when LVE is on that field.
1: Yeah, you're right on that. Um, I think another position. Obviously, that is a glaring need. Is cornerback, yeah? You see them potentially. I mean, you haven't looked through everybody yet, but like that's going to be one of the top picks, I feel like, for them or uh, uh,
2: but, uh, potentially. Um, I mean, obviously, we're, we need to see what the state of Antonio Brown is and stuff. Like that. um, I don't like boss Manfa, Joe, Kelvin Joseph, I don't see him. He's not really lived up to expectations. Like you, you a second round draft pick, and he's only really been on for special teams. You would expect a lot more. So, um, cornerback for sure. Um, I think we will address that in the draft. Maybe even free agency. We might pick up a couple of guys that Dan Quinn likes in free agency on a, a on one of those bargain deals, like a Jaron Pierce deal, or who knows. Um, but yeah. Um, Again, I think it really does come to uh, pick number 26, especially as best player available. I find that might be the case.
1: Yeah. I mean, they did that with Micah Parsons and it worked. So fine by me. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, like, and you mentioned, you know, there are a lot of guys whose contracts, they're going to be like unrestricted free agents and, you know, just free agents in general. But, um, With the re-signing of Dan Quinn, how do you feel like that's going to affect those at least defensive re-signings?
2: A lot. Massively. Like, would you want to kind of keep elevating your game and learn under Dan Quinn and under his positional coaches? Or would you want to kind of learn someone who might teach you something completely different and it might not actually work out for you? like if it if it's working for you and you feel like you still you can still keep keep on improving and improving and improving under Dan Quinn you would be over the moon that he's still there
1: I think not only does he have a say in these um potential contracts being signed but I feel like he's also going to be a big reason why someone would stay and take a deal so yeah
2: I totally agree 100%. I only
1: had that on the offensive side of the ball. We'll figure it out, though.
2: <laughs> I think that's going to be the biggest question mark this season. What are we going to do offensively? Not just players-wise, co- co- coaches-wise as well. The culture and the offense needs to change, I think. I agree with you. Yeah. So. I'm just
1: agreeing with you left and right. Look at me.
2: <laughs> there we go. We're doing all three, all three angles here.
1: Do you have any thoughts on Tony Pollard and Zeke?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I think they're being harshly criticized way too much considering like Zeke is no longer the type of running back that you got in his first two years under like here's the difference, right? And and this is, I, I, I did my due diligence on this, right? Zeke played a different type of style of running back under Scott Linehan. When you saw him play under Kellen Moore, he's played more of that eating up those yards and we're seeing Tony Paolo being more the elusive player. So it's too completely... It just shows you that what an OC can do to your running game massively. And we saw how successful Zeke was just on his own, without any backups. He was a powerhouse under Scott Linehan. Don't get me wrong, under Scott Linehan, he was predictable as hell as a coach. Like you knew you knew what he was going to do. Whereas on the other side, Kellen's, I don't know, I don't know how to describe Kellen more. And this is the big problem, I think, is the identity of this offense as the problem. Like we're we using Zeke more to gain those third down, like first like those short yards, and Tony Powell is there to make the big plays now. And but don't get me wrong, there's a lot I still think like Zeke contributes so much to this team, especially protecting Dak Prescott, his best friend. He is the without a sure shadow of a doubt, the best pass protecting running back in the NFL. You people would say, oh, look at Derek Henry, he's a big physical specimen. But he cannot block when it comes to protecting Ryan Tannehill. When you look at other running backs out there, Saquon Barkley barely struggles to even protect Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones has to run out the pocket. That's why he becomes so much more dangerous. And that's how Daniel Jones actually brought the Giants to the playoffs, by running out the pocket, running up those yards. But where Zeke, he like if he's in pass protection mode, he's there He actually stop guys from getting to Dak, and he does a really good job of that. And you see the difference between that and him and Pollard. So I, th- I think all things things considering even with Zeke getting what nine touchdowns in a row was it this year like (laughs) almost set a record people forget people forget that like
1: of course because they just want to bash somebody and it's always Dak and Zeke together
2: yeah yeah like people don't really break like and this is the problem of our fan base in particular Mm
1: -hmm.
2: we we look at the we look at these headlines from the mainstream media and we get we argue amongst ourselves so easily. I am one of those guys myself.
1: Like,
2: <laughs> like, like every time I hear LaShawn McCoy talk, I want to throw my rem- I want to throw my remote control across the uh, <laughs> and hit the te- hit the television. So, yeah. but but when you re- but when you have a sit down with someone is on par with, it and you actually kind of break it down, like yourself, Meg, and likes the uh, guys from UK Cowboys and RG and stuff like that. Everybody, like, it's like you know what. Our running game is not actually that bad. It's just how it's being utilized is the problem.
1: Yeah. That brings us right back to the beginning. They're not uh, utilizing we... the weapons and they're not giving anyone any...
2: See yeah. see what I did there? I went full circle.
1: Oh, full circle, look at him. We Let's him. go, baby! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess we've figured everything out and um, you can send this to Jerry and let him know. So... <laughs>
2: To be honest, I I think here's the here's my graphic. I think they know it is an issue. Yeah, for
1: sure. Like, and
2: (laughs) and 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 I'm gonna bring this up. Our good friend, uh, who's been a guest on the show quite a few times, is J uh, J Tuck, uh, CFO Sports. He made a a video at the start of the season, and he just brought we brought he revisited, talking about like Kelly Moore. There is no identity in this offense, and he was concerned at the start of the season without that identity, how things we're going to go forward. And we're asking the same questions again.
1: Yeah. And the fact that we're, I think the fact that we're still sitting here asking the, those questions is why they're making as many changes as they're making. And we'll see what they continue to do in the off season. It's going to be something to definitely keep our eyes on. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we've sufficiently, uh, talk this through at least for now well i'm sure we'll have a lot more to go over next week and as we near the draft um but paul tell everyone where they can find you call you beep you if they want to reach you
2: yeah guys you can follow me at Instagram and Twitter with my uh, with Hannah being imp stew and I completely butchered the way I said that there, so I do apologize.
1: <laughs> yeah, at imp stew on Instagram and Twitter. I Thank am you. at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter, and um, the off season has just begun. You guys, we uh we have lots of stuff for you on bloggingtheboys.com every single day. We also put out podcasts every single day. So if you need to talk it through with somebody, where you are here for you. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and tell Paul that he has great facial hair.
0: Hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, I think it's go Joe from us and go Cowboys. Yep,
2: yeah, Dallas forever. Belly for never.
1: Belly for never.